The Buffalo Beat is brought to you by Game Time, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. And did you know Bill's ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? Game Time tracks all of those prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the Game Time app and discovered the fastest, easiest way to get into the game. I actually just hopped on the Game Time app a couple of days ago to check out some tickets between the Miami Heat and New Orleans Pelicans when the, the Bills are down in Miami. The app is super clean, has that view from right where you would be sitting. It's pretty cool. Um, a very clean app that looks pleasing to the eyes. So it was, uh, I'll be. Certainly checking in on it on Saturday before the game gets going between the Heat and Pelicans. But yeah, it's it's a very clean design and an easy two-tap checkout once you get to that point. So head to the App Store or Play Store now to download Game Time and score awesome deals on those last-minute tickets. All right, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Buffalo Beat. However you are joining us, thank you for doing so, um, whether it's on the Athletic Podcast Player or any other way that you listen to us. Um, if you do not listen to us on the Athletic Podcast Player, please be sure to rate and subscribe to the show. We would really appreciate it if you do. Uh, yesterday, uh, we discussed the different teams that are surrounding uh, the Bills and their playoff aspirations this year and, and the ones that are going to try to unseat them in their lofty wild card position. And um, my co-host, Matthew Fairburn, I, I kind of feel like we were uh, a little bit vindicated last night by the way that Cleveland kind of turned it, turned it up and the fact that, you know, they look promising, albeit controversial with the way it ended, but promising nonetheless. Yeah, I would say if you're a Bills fan, you're pretty happy about about Cleveland pulling that one out because oh, yes. the odds the odds say that Cleveland won't be able to get to ten wins. Uh, nine is even going to be a, a tough a tough slog for them, even though they have a somewhat easy schedule. We've just seen them kind of trip over themselves at times this year. So uh, to knock the Steelers down another peg certainly doesn't hurt the Bills they could be in a spot where nine wins gets them in uh, at this point. I think, you know, that's a, a realistic scenario for them. So we'll see. Uh, but now that, you know, you want the Browns to beat the Steelers, but other than that, you're not a Browns fan if you're right. a Bills fan. But last right. night, uh, that was a, a nice little result. Yeah, the the Browns, I believe I heard Joe Buck on the broadcast last night say, uh, the the only other team to flip around from a two and that started two and six to go to the playoffs were the Cincinnati Bengals in 1970. So um, kudos to Joe Buck for the stat and for his team to to get him that stat. But that's it would be an incredible reversal of fortune for for Cleveland to do the damn thing and actually get to the playoffs. But um, the Bills are setting up with a very winnable matchup coming up and I think since they played the Miami Dolphins a few weeks ago and it was a bit closer than than what they would have hoped um, I think it would be our best interest to just kind of take the 
the temperature of where the bills are right now. And I think what I found most interesting this whole week is, I don't know, there was a little bit of an edge at uh, in the facilities this week. I don't know if you, you agree with me there, but it just it just kind of seemed that way. I mean, even from Sean McDermott's initial press conference on Wednesday and, you know, basically saying that he wants his uh, his team to be fearless, to score points, all of that good thing. I I think there's a legitimate um, a legitimate I guess counteraction to maybe what last week was to Cleveland, or at least the potential of it is there because even Josh Allen talked about you know finding the line between you know, reckless and and whatever fearless I, I think the the word was what he used so. This is this is an interesting spot for Allen because this is it's not like this is a good defense. It's a defense that is playing well above expectations and well above their talent level at the at the current moment, but it's not entirely unbeatable to where he could have a major bounce back day as long as he's not as in, in his head too much. So where do you kind of get the read about about where things are right now? Yeah, there was a definite tightness about uh the group a a little bit and in a way that could maybe be a good thing um you know I I think there's part of that is there's definitely urgency um you know and I I think guys are recognizing second half of the year not all these games that you play close till the end are going to go your way there's a lot of uh you know we talked about it uh, after the game on on the show, there's there's a lot of randomness to close games, and you know they're not all gonna gonna bounce your way. But there was definitely a I don't know exactly how to put my finger on it, but I, I think you're right that there was a little bit of an edge, um, you know. And I don't know if that's a okay we you know we gotta white knuckle this thing and make sure that you know we don't let the playoffs out of our grasp, but uh, you know, there's certainly they recognize what's in front of them. And mm-hmm. this is a different pressure than they've felt really under Sean McDermott at all. It's it's a different pressure than this team has felt in general in very many years because of the way that they started the season. You know, you start five and one, six and two in a bad year for the AFC with a weak schedule. People are you know, expecting that that will result in the playoffs. And then the way that they lost to the Cleveland Browns, there's a lot of people that went from, you know, checking off wins at the bye week and, and talking about a 13-3 and record to now saying, you know, can we be confident that they'll win any of these games? You know, you know can you confidently say that any of these are guaranteed wins? And I think... The best example of that is this weekend. If you can't sit there and guarantee that the Bills will beat the Dolphins, uh, if, if you're feeling nervous as a fan, then that tells you all you need to know. And you just, you know, you hope that doesn't creep into the room because, you know, that's where th- they could get in trouble is if they start doubting themselves. And uh, there's a fine line between, you know, playing fearlessly and also you know, pressing and trying to do too much. And, uh, you know, whether that's being reckless or whether it's just, you know, kind of, 
forcing the issue or, or whatever it is, that can be a dangerous thing too. So um, I think the formula might have to change a little bit for them to get back to what they were doing uh, as opposed to last week. But I'm interested to see how they come out. It's not always easy to play in Miami and, mm-hmm. you know, traveling all that way. And, you know, luckily it won't be super humid uh, or hot down here this time of year, but still a weird place to play, even though the crowd isn't all that good. Um, you know, some teams tend to have trouble down here. The Bills, uh, not as much as others, but um, still a road game against a a confident and, and live dog for sure. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, I also want to point out that Miami was one of the opponents last year that Josh Allen really excelled against. And I think that that Miami game in Miami last year was kind of his awakening for the, the rest of what we ended up seeing from him. Because he came back from his injury one week before that Miami game. It was Jacksonville. Didn't really throw the ball a lot. I think he... I'm looking at his game log right now. He only had 19 passes for 116 yards and threw a touchdown. So, But he also ran for almost 100 yards. But that Miami game, he was legitimately a factor every which way you look at it. And quite possibly one of his best statistical games as a pro where he had three total touchdowns uh he did he did throw two interceptions so it it was a bit of that reckless nature that we're talking about but he also had 366 total yards in that game and it's not as though he's uh that's totally lost within him i i just wonder if we're just going to see a major league bounce back like get right sort of game. Maybe he maybe he throws a pick, but whatever. That might be the best thing for him to take more chances and to be a little bit more confident in him, in himself and I wonder if there's a confidence factor here because you can tell when he's throwing that deep ball, he's pressing. And that deep ball is I mean, we have talked about it. You've written about it. We've both written about it. I mean, it's it's a thing that needs to be mentioned. But it's also not a huge part of the offense. It's one, it's, I mean, you look at what they did last week. First play of the game, they dialed up a deep ball to Robert Foster that was, uh, that ended up being a pass interference penalty. And, you know, he, he overthrew it, of course, but that's still a net positive play that resulted in them taking a deep shot down the field. So even though he didn't complete that pass, they're still getting the yardage out of it. So it's still a good thing. So as long as you keep those things in there, and uh, I think Foster should remain in the game plan if only to to really tick off the, the free safety to kind of um, jut over to his side. But even still, that that being a net positive for for their game last week, and then if he develops a little bit more confidence than he had last week in the intermediate areas, it it looked like he took a legit step in the opposite direction last week. But we always know whenever he takes a step in, in the wrong direction, he does something the following week to course correct. That's one of the, the best parts about Josh Allen is how quick he is to adapt what he did poorly the week before. And he, it doesn't, he doesn't let those mistakes permeate for things that he had previously fixed. So I wonder if this is just a 
a total get right game against a cornerback that he knows and Ryan Lewis. Um, Nick Needham is their other cornerback right now, and he's no great shakes. The, they moved their other cornerback, Eric Rowe, to safety. Uh, maybe that's a long-term fix. Maybe it's a short-term fix. Who the hell knows with, with Miami? They're just trying stuff out. They've moved around their linebacking core to now make uh, one of their linebackers, Vince Beagle, to be basically a defensive end slash pass rushing outside linebacker to highlight his skill sets. And it, it's just it's just kind of a feeling out process in Miami to which the Bills have enough talent both with their quarterback and with their receivers to where he should be able to do pretty well in this game. And and I'm kind of expecting it, to be honest. I know they haven't allowed a lot of points lately, but I think that's uh we might see a regression to their mean and a regression to their talent to to indicate that this might be a, a pretty good outing for Josh. It really should be. And yeah. I'm I'm hesitant to, you know, think it will happen because I feel like there's been a few times this year where we've we've expected and, and thought it will happen. Um, you know, and the question is, you know, will he break through that wall at some point? And you have to think that he will, um, uh, because we've seen some signs of it in the past, but you know, if ever there was a time to do it, it's this week because things are about to get a little bit tougher, uh, on that side of the ball, you know, with Denver uh, having a really good defense, uh, Dallas can play solid defense, you know, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Patriots, not a lot of easy defenses coming up. This is the game to figure it out and and get right, as you said. I think I'm sensing that that will happen as well. Um, I, I just, you know, looking at this matchup and looking at how these two teams stack up, he wasn't far off from having that sort of breakout game against these guys before, but it's just little things that that tend to hold him back. And if he's going to play with a little bit more uh, of that freelancing style, um, he does have to find a little bit of a balance. But he needs to. I think at some point he just needs to hit one of these these deep passes to to get it off his back. Um, you know, to get the confidence going. Uh, it's like like shooting three pointers. Um, you just have to keep shooting, you know, and, uh, eventually one of them will go in and, you know, maybe you get on a little bit of a roll. You need to get the feel back and remember that you can do it. Now it's only 16 passes, right? The whole season. We're not talking right. about, a you know, like you said, a huge part of the offense, but what it does. And I think what's been a problem for this offense is the lack of big plays means that in order to get a touchdown drive, you need to have like 10 good plays, you That's know, totally eight, to right. 10, eight to 10 good plays. And I don't know that there's too many offenses that can count on doing that. You know, it's a, it's a hard way. It makes it harder on yourself. Uh, it's a hard way to go about it is to, you know, chip away that way. And just one 30 or 40 yard play reduces the margin of error completely. Um, so, you know, I think, you know, it's, it's an important part of the stretch run of the season that he develops some confidence in that area. And it's not mm -hmm. just the go balls. It's not, you know, it's, it's in general passing the ball down the field and he's been good. Like we've talked about when, you know, guys come open and he's, he's hitting them. He can, his arm strength is 
on display when he's drilling the ball in there 20 plus yards uh, making throws that yeah you know guys that are hard the, the 10 to guys. 20 range is pretty good too yeah and he he's so he's got the 28th best 27th or 28th best passer rating in the league on throws from 20 to 29 yards in the air um but the 10 to 19 range has been good for him and that 20 to 29 um you know he has a lot of yards he, he's got uh the 12th most yards in the league uh he's just not his completion percentage is a little low as it tends to be um but you know that's an area where you can see his arm you know providing an advantage for this offense it doesn't necessarily need to provide the advantage all the time with the deep passing but it feels like that could be a part of his game uh if if he started getting rolling uh just because of the way that just because of his mentality and because of his arm strength it feels like he's got everything you need but sometimes that can be that can be a feel thing and and sometimes it can be mechanical it's probably a combination of the two for him at this point um certainly a lot of it is mental but you know Mm -hmm. i think i think what maybe last week will have done you know we talked about them having a little bit of an edge being a little bit tight uh sean mcdermott making a point to tell these guys to to play fearless i think what they should probably do is is streamline things a little bit for josh allen and the offense take a little bit off his plate whether it's pre-snap with projections or um you know reducing the number of reads uh, in a given play let him simplify things and get back to thinking less and playing faster and, and you know, mm-hmm. reading faster because uh, he looked uncomfortable at times last week. And I think you started to see him get rolling a little bit when they went hurry up. So I think there's a way to find a balance. You know, they have to find the balance between what's more important, what's going to get the offense down the field to score points or what is going to be best for Josh Allen's development. Those two are not always the same thing. And I think at times they've leaned towards Josh Allen's development and that's fine. But, uh, you know, you you also have to think of other ways, uh, to, to boost his development, which could just be simple as doing things that, that get him confident again. Yeah. I have so many, points to make off of all of those good things you just said that I'm going to do my best to try and remember them all first uh which I because I have a calculator in front of me you brought up the 16 go balls that we're talking about for Josh Allen's season that represents 5.6 percent of his attempted passes so it's not a huge number here and I'm absolutely seeing in my mind in this matchup in a perfect sort of weather scenario you know, maybe they get a random rainstorm, whatever, but it's not going to be the blowing winds of Buffalo. It's not going to be the cold ball of Cleveland. It's not going to be anything like that. So I, I can totally see um, um, a spot in that game where Robert Foster pulls off uh, a double move on Ryan Lewis, who is susceptible to the double moves and tries to cherry pick those those uh, those passes and him him getting behind him and this, you know, proverbial monkey getting off Josh Allen's back. Um Secondly, in that Cleveland game, uh, you're absolutely on the money with him seeming like he was thinking too much. It seemed like he was swimming because at least just from watching it again after the fact, he was doing something that he had gotten much better at, which was seeing ghosts and bailing out of the pocket way too prematurely. And he already holds on to the ball 
a lot longer than than most quarterbacks in the NFL. And the fact that he was holding on to the ball and then bailing out of the pocket when there wasn't a reason to bail out of the pocket, it took yards and potential plays off of the board. There were some plays where it needed it, but not always. And that's something that he had the he has to get it together with. And then you brought up the 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 end game where he was in the no huddle. Absolutely. I mean, that was the first time in that entire game that he was throwing the ball with anticipation. And I know that's something we brought up after the game, but he had two plays back-to-back where it was a, a deep comeback to John Brown where he left his defender in the dust, and he threw it right as John Brown was getting into his break. And as soon as John Brown turned around right there in, in his hands, he was able to get out of bounds perfectly. Next one, it was a it was a shorter comeback route to Isaiah McKenzie. Same thing. Perfect. He knew he had the read. Um, he knew what what coverage was coming against him. It's not that difficult to to gauge whether or not a defense is going to be in man or zone as long as there's some pre-snap motion. So you should have a fairly good idea what what you're working with there, and he should have the confidence to do it. And he did on those two plays. Um, then once Cleveland started sending more pressure, he got a little bit more in his head and. That's that's something that they have to overcome. So I think for him, it's just as you said, simplify this whole thing because we can look at his his season now in segments because last year it was the okay, let's unearth the potential. Let's see let's see what this unrefined rookie can do. And it's like, wow, he can really do a lot. He can he can gain a lot of yards and and he could do it in a lot of different areas, but he's also someone that is prone to mistakes. So these past four or five games now have been just a, a product of them figuring out how to refine him in the turnover area. He now he now has, in his last five games, he has thrown seven touchdowns to one interception and only one fumble lost. That's great. but And they're three and two over that stretch. But now he needs to pair that what he's been able to do over these last five weeks and everything he's learned and everything he's committed to to memory, to to what they want from him with the guy that he was last year. And if he can meld the two together, then the potential for him is limitless. But that's that's the whole thing of it. Trying to figure out how to meld the two together, trying to find that sweet spot that, that uh, McDermott was talking about this week, that fearlessness while still being not completely reckless. That is what will make Josh Allen to be the guy that they have their hopes and dreams with. It's in there. I really do think it's in there, especially if he can combine these two things together. He's just, he's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not going to be that quick to it. Um, he's not uh, in a an offense that is completely... Um, geared toward his unique skill set like a Lamar Jackson. And Lamar Jackson has done an incredible job this year in Baltimore. But what he is, he's on a slower track. And when we uh, when we initially saw him as a prospect, I think we everybody kind of had the same read where it's like, okay, you're getting a diamond in the rough sort of thing here. You know you're going to have to clean up a lot of different areas in his game. But if you do it, and the progress that he showed, even at Wyoming, it kind of showed you that he could get to that level. And the steps that he's taken already have been pretty good. 
it's just it's just finding that that area where you don't go back into those old habits like you did last week against Cleveland and clean that up and then just be just be fearless without being reckless. I think those are the two perfect perfect terms here, but I am not out on Josh Allen by any means to turn this whole thing around for himself. No, I think there's still still a chance uh, that this guy, you know, becomes what they want him to become. I think in a weird way I I want to say that his his floor is a lot higher than I expected it to be. And yet I don't know that his ceiling is as high as it was once thought of. Uh, and that can be okay. Uh, I don't think you're looking at a guy that is going to, to flip the switch and become one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I don't know no. that that's going to happen for him. And, you know, that's what you want out of a top 10 pick. You know, don't get me wrong. That should be the bar. But he might have you know his upside might be finding his way in the top 10 to to 15 quarterbacks in the league uh which is still good enough to win and good enough to get yourself into afc championships and compete for a championship down the line if he's good enough yeah it's it's good enough to to compete the question is will it be a situation where he's just good and like we've talked about is he going to be just good enough that you can't you know move on from him but not good enough that you can win with him. And we've seen so many teams get stuck in that that spot. Mm-hmm. And so figuring out his upside requires doing some of the things we talked about, streamlining things a little bit for him, letting him letting him loose a little bit. Because if you don't do that, I don't know, you're just delaying you know, the inevitable. You're delaying figuring out what this guy is. And I think that's probably the most important question facing the franchise right now is who is this guy? And, you know, it's still early to be, you know, ready to completely, you know, jump off. But the sooner you figure it out, the better, uh, one way or the other. And uh, I think, you know, the same goes for a lot of what they're doing. There's a balance between fine, you know, being patient in what they're doing while not, sitting there and letting so much time pass that that it sets the franchise back uh, whether it's the coach or the the quarterback you know you have to come to these conclusions at some point and you know games like this are important in the sense that like it's an opportunity to you know change the narrative a little bit change the conversation build some confidence and get things rolling on offense and if they can't do it against Miami, if it's another ugly, low-scoring, barely win, win the game type of game, where's their head going to be at as an offense going into the teeth of the schedule with you know Denver, Dallas, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and New England? Five, what, probably all five, five of those teams are in the top ten in defense. So, you know, it's... This is this is a pretty big game in that way because I think you know the win is important obviously if they lose man that's that's going to get ugly but if they win how they win for the offense is important because they're going to need this offense down the stretch of the season uh if they're going to get to 10 wins and this is the perfect game for them to start to figure it out because we've seen Josh Allen do it against Miami. 
and we've seen a lot of teams do it against Miami this season. So uh, this this has to be the get right game. Yeah, there there's no doubt in my mind, and I think the script, the potential game script that they could have, um, is quite conducive to Allen figuring it out at least temporarily for this week. There is a severe lack of talent on the other side of the ball. And I know they're being extremely well coached by Brian Flores. They're they're playing above expectation at the moment. But the last three games that they've played have been against Mason Rudolph. They've been against um, Sam Darnold, who looked like a shell of himself in that game. And against Brian Hoyer, who was straight up trash last week, if we're just being honest. I mean, it, there, there's a reason why if Jacoby Brissett wasn't able to play, there were there were rumors about whether or not Chad Kelly should get some time in the game. And Chad Kelly's not good So, um, in, in terms of being a professional quarterback. So this is it, – it, it isn't as though that this defensive attack – has been great, and that their point differential, which is suddenly super good over the last few weeks, is sustainable. Because at their core, they still have a a, a relatively untalented group as compared to what the Bills are bringing offensively. The Bills are healthier now. And Dawson Knox's... Uh, sore knee notwithstanding, which he should be able to practice on Friday and then and then potentially play in that game. Devin Singletary will not be coming off a hamstring injury in this game. Also, Devin Singletary will be playing right next door to where he went to school, which will certainly motivate him. And if you have a, a big-time presence from Devin Singletary against a team that will struggle to defend him, that will take that much more pressure off Josh Allen where he can just, like we talked about, just stand there and throw the ball. Don't get in your head so much to where to where you're just swimming and bailing out of the pocket way too early. Find that sweet spot. Find go Get back to who you are at your core while still somewhat observing the things that you've learned over the last month of the season, the last five weeks of the season. So there is... There is a ton of potential here for Josh Allen, and it should be, it should be that get-right game, especially before going up against a a quality defense like the one Denver has that they'll see in a couple of weeks. It's all there for Josh Allen this week to boost him, to jettison him into that guy that they need him to be for the rest of the season, to even at least be good enough and a threat enough to potentially even challenge a team like the Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is a pretty good team. Are they completely unbeatable? Absolutely not, especially if the defense gets themselves right um, in in some way, shape, or form in the next couple of weeks here. I think this is... This is a perfect opportunity. Last week got broken down. It was almost, I mean, it could wind up being 
a good thing for the Bills that they that they wound up losing that game. So that way they get that edge back that maybe they were missing heading into it. So here it is. It's it's all there for Allen this week, and he should. I I don't want to belabor the point, even though we've belabored it for a long time now, basically the entire podcast. But this this is the one. This is the one where Josh shows us something. And if it's not, then even more questions. Yeah, then then the uh the you know, the the questions will be louder um and they'll be even more justified. You know, with each passing week, each missed opportunity, you know, those those questions become more and more justified about him and about the team. So it's hard for me to sit here and say I expect him to have his first 300-yard game and I expect them to blow out the Dolphins because I expected that a few weeks ago. Um, you know, we talked about it and you know, they didn't they didn't take advantage of really any of those those soft opponents that they had in the first half of the season in terms of really crushing them. And are they going to be able to do it this week? Something tells me that the Dolphins are in in a dangerous spot in some ways, having won two in a mm-hmm. row. Dangerous in the sense that it's bound to they're bound to come crashing down to earth at some point. Uh, and this very well could be it. We always see Ryan Fitzpatrick ride the wave for a little while before flying off the rails. Um, so whether it's the defense or whether it's it's Josh Allen, you know, putting your foot on the throat of the Dolphins is a is a must. I think they need it uh, mentally. Uh, as they head into the final stretch of the season, they need to know that they're capable of that because, um, you know, you've heard they know that what people are saying about them, what what they, you know, what people were saying about them before the Browns game and after it. And uh, you have to wonder if the the loss to the Browns made them think like, oh, you know, that's what everybody was talking about. And Lorenzo Alexander said after the game that, you know, he mentioned that, you know, he was kind of putting it on the defense for not coming up with that stop. And he said, you know, when the defense mm-hmm. is the bell cow of your team, Lorenzo Alexander says is probably the most, you know, well-spoken guy in that locker room. He's, you know, a great, great spokesman uh, for the group. Everybody knows the defense is the bell cow of the team, but I think there's a an interesting lens into the, into this group when you hear your defensive leader, your leader of the team say that. Um, because they've been careful about that, right? They always say, uh, you know, they, they pick us some, up sometimes and we pick them up sometimes, e- even though everybody knows the ratio is, is slanted towards the defense. So um, mm-hmm. they, they could use a game where the offense is the reason they win, and I'm not sure that we've seen one of those yet. Yeah, I think there's a few things working towards what should be the result of this game. You mentioned the Fitzpatrick waves. They are very real. Having lived it and covered it for for three years, it is a an extremely real thing. And the last two weeks, he has thrown three touchdowns to one interception in those in those two games. The second part of this is, and when he throws turnovers, he throws them in bunches. We we all know that. The second part of it is that. I feel like there is a uh, positive regression coming for turnovers for this defense because they are around the ball 
a lot. There were a couple of different times in that game against Cleveland where they were right there for an interception, and it the one fell right through Tredavious White's hands. And the fact that he turned around when he did took away an interception from Jordan Poyer, who read the ball perfectly and would have sailed in for an interception himself. There are lots of times that, you know, remember 2017 when they were just getting interceptions left and right, and that's what kind of buoyed them into getting some victories. Like the one in Atlanta is the one that sticks out more than anything, where the turnovers really were what what brought the Bills to that win in a tough spot against a tough team. Same thing with I think Minnesota turned the ball over a bunch last year when when they when they upset them. So this is I think for them the lack of turnovers messes with them, but I think this is a spot where they could get a couple of them, get some shortened fields for for Josh Allen. They punch it in for touchdowns. That's where the confidence comes in, and that's maybe when you start to see him hitting on those longer throws and throwing it with anticipation, and not just and not just swimming as much. I think uh, those the Fitzpatrick lack of turnover and the Bills defense lack of turnover thing has to. Well, it doesn't have to, but you would you get the sense that it might become a factor. In this yeah, game. absolutely. I think that's the one thing that. I think should give people peace of mind that the bills will be able to win this football game is I I just don't see how Ryan Fitzpatrick for four quarters will be able to crack the code of this defense. And I know this defense hasn't been it quite itself over the last uh, few weeks, especially in terms of run defense, but I don't really see the dolphins making making any sort of noise on the ground um you know with what they've got i know if we're talking get right games how about a heavy dose of kalen balage who gets no yards after contact and is a pretty slow running back in in itself so that's a that's a yeah that and and an offensive line that quite frankly isn't great i know they they Busted off a few runs against the bills in the last game but mark walton was was in the backfield Mm -hmm. then so I, this feels like a game where it's going to be really hard for the Dolphins to to move the football mm-hmm. and you know and score consistently, which last game was too. Uh, you know they they moved the ball a little bit, but they couldn't sustain it for four quarters, and the turnovers got to them. So I would expect a similar thing to happen this week. The only question is how much do they win by? Because you know if you're wondering about the offense, I think that's fair and. Uh, you know, whether they can put it together against this team, that's a legitimate question. But this is one of those games that they can win on defense alone if the defense shows up. Yep. So let's get into the Shaq Lawson meditation prediction hour. The Bills are favored by six points on the road. We both were incorrect last week. We both thought the Bills would win. So uh, bad on us. Uh, So we apologize if you actually took the betting advice. But... We will try to redeem ourselves this week. So Buffalo favored by six. Who wins straight up? Who wins against the spread? What do you got? I'm going to say the Bills win and the Bills cover. And I'm not super confident in the cover portion of the exchange. Um, But I think winning by a touchdown should be the expectation down there. And I think the defense does enough, gets a few turnovers, I don't know if Josh Allen has that breakout game that we were talking about where it's, you know, 
one of those games it's clearly his best game as a pro but I can see him having a game similar to Tennessee or New York where it's back to a good solid you know 200 something yards couple touchdowns whether it's running or or what Mm -hmm. and enough to kind of uh, you know, get his confidence back a little bit. I don't know if it's the huge breakout game that people are waiting for, but I think it'll be enough in combination with a good defensive game. Yeah, I have the Bills to win straight up. I have the Bills to cover, and I think the Bills win by double-digit points. Um, I Nothing that I've seen from Miami the past few weeks indicates to me that uh, they would be able to prevent the Bills from having some success on offense and, quite frankly, having success on defense. I just don't know where they're a threat. I think Tredavious White is going to be on Devontae Parker because now they are down Preston Williams, who was pretty good against the Bills last time they played. The other wide receiver that they have is Alan Hearns. Not that great. Pretty bad route runner uh, at this point in his career. Devontae Parker is, is showing a spark, but Tredavious White will be on him at all times. And the running game with Kalen Balaj does not look to be much of a factor because he's not a yards after contact guy. And that's where Nick Chubb gained a lot of yardage last week. And certainly that's how Adrian Peterson broke off one of his big runs as well a couple of weeks ago. And then just their cornerbacks, their, their overall secondary, their lack of a pass rush, it all sets up to me for the bills just to absolutely blow this one wide open and perhaps some shortened fields uh give them give josh allen touchdowns without a ton of yards i tend to think the 300 thing is a little overblown it would be nice to see every once in a while but you know as long as you're putting up yards and point like 300 total yards would be would be fine uh heck even 275 would be would be fine but touchdowns more than anything touchdowns over field goals converting on drives throwing with a bit more anticipation this week I think all of those things are possible with this game and so yeah I'll, I'll take the bills to win and cover um, so we, we are aligned once again we'll see if we're actually actually right this week all right so the bills taking on the dolphins on Sunday uh, and that is when we will speak with you next from what is it Hard Rock Stadium now I think it's Hard Rock Stadium right Yes. Yeah, okay. Not Hard Rock Cafe Stadium. Ooh. Or maybe it is. I, I think know. we had this discussion maybe last year. Maybe it should be. <laughs> <laughs> if, I think we did. If I, if I, I recall correctly. I think it's correctly. just Hard Rock Stadium. It's the casino that sponsors it, I think. Right. Hard Rock Casino, maybe. You also remind... I don't know. You also... Um, I, I forgot to bust on you about this uh, earlier in the podcast when you talked about three-point shooters just keep on shooting. That was the Matthew Fairburn principle philosophy of, of uh, pickup basketball. And it worked. <laughs> they go in once in a while if you just keep shooting them. Shoot. Doesn't mean you have to be any good at it. You just just got to sh- shoot or shoot. Just got just got to shoot your shot. All right, uh, that'll do it for us. Thanks everyone for listening to this episode of the Buffalo Beat, and we will talk to you from Miami on Sunday. See you then.